Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast, where as your host, myself, Dr. Jim Hoven, get to meet with cool people doing cool things every single week. And some of these episodes are really unique in that we call them chopping it up. And so these are one of my favorite segments because what I do is I get the chance to visit with someone from our inner circle, typically from the law firm, and then we just talk about a topic. And today, I'm chopping it up with our very own CEO, Daniel Filbert, and this is gonna be a great topic. Daniel, welcome to the show. We're gonna chop up today. You don't know, it's it's a Mad Hatter, what is this, Mad Hatter uh, Thursday. We're gonna talk about your, your um, journey on your CEO compared to your weight loss journey and the discipline, the focus, the vision it takes to run all this stuff in your own life. How does that sound? Yep, I will gladly talk to you about fat camp. <laughs> fat camp. Well, I'll tell you what, you have made an incredible transformation. And first, let me say to the people watching or listening, um, this guy is one of my favorite people in the world. You truly are. love you as a human being, as a friend, as a brother, and um, watching you flourish in a new role as CEO over the last going on two years, year and a half plus now, um, has been a joy for me to watch how you've grown. And interesting in that, I think, um, do you remember when we first started uh, this deal? You were CEO, I'm COO, and, and and I gave you some thoughts. Remember when you first got that? And I said, man, just from stuff I've learned, here's some things, and we talked about that. And you really dove into CEO. I mean, do you remember that transition? What was that transition, oh, yeah. transition like moving from working within the business to kind of help basically run the business. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it was challenging, I'd say, probably at first. And probably a lot of it started off the way of um, like imposter syndrome of like, oh shit, like how do I handle this? Or how do I do certain things? And you were actually a, a huge resource based on all your knowledge and all that stuff and the insights that you gave me and the the notebook of the five wisdoms of Jimmy J. Hoven, uh, <laughs> one of which is officially named after you, the bank of love and trust is known as the bank of Hoven. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, the transition I'd say once I got more comfortable and out of my own head, um, things almost became easy, right? Um, just because, I say that because I really am a strong believer that nobody is limited, right? And we all have the ability to learn and to gather resources and adapt to various situations as long as you're comfortable with it. And if that holds you back and, and you struggle with yourself or just believing that you can do something, you're screwed, yes. right? And so um, once I was able to to really grasp onto something that I've always thought and really run with it, it's been fantastic. And it's been, you know, I think you said a year and a half, but I, I think we're almost going on three years. Oh, is it so, three years? Yeah, so over two and a half years. Oh, it is years, because we were at the other office. Yeah, two yeah. and a half years. That's yeah, right. Started, yeah, we were at the other office. I started as CEO just the same time as COVID. You know, it was the yes. perfect time. <laughs> I become CEO, everybody goes home, I hang out in an office by myself. It just works. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know? Well, uh, during that journey, I remember one of the things that you and I talked about at the very beginning of that journey was you got you got to keep your health front and center, your family front and center. There are certain things that if you let things get out of balance, they certainly wheel, they wheel, they will. Like a wheel, we call it the wheel of life, right? Like if all these things are are balanced, the wheel rolls smoothly, but if finances are cr crazy out of whack and relationships are really great, the wheel kind of gets clunky. And um, you dove so deep into what it takes to run a company of this size and you had all these different things going on in your life that your health took a back seat. I mean, I guess if we're frank about it, like yeah. you, you had a lot of pressures, a lot of new things, 
and, and your health wasn't where you wanted it to be. Um, give a little bit of background as we progress into the journey that you've taken. How did you go from wherever you were, call it, you know, cause you're more, more fit, more healthy than when you started even as CEO two and a half right. years ago. But from the time that position came up until four or five months ago, what was your journey like with respect to the balance, the work-life balance, the health, family, work balance? What was that like? Um, I'd say the balance when I became CEO to probably about four or five months ago was really just, you know, it was work, it was family. Um, and those, those were kind of the two priorities and probably, you know, bringing a lot of work home and, and, and doing that stuff and, and adding more stress. And so, you know, diet wise, it just came with, you know, simplicity, right. Or, um, you know, I just always chose what was easy, whether that was, you know, we ordered food out or, you know, we cook something quick and easy. That's not necessarily the best for you or, you know, being in the new role and going out to lunches and doing this and doing events. And, um, you know, it really started to add up to where, um, you know, when I started as CEO, I wasn't in the best shape either. And then, you know, got heavier and heavier after that. Right. And, um, I don't necessarily think it's, you know, job related stress or anything that really caused that, but it's just really just, you know, I didn't want to put in the work, right. It wasn't a priority to me at all. Um, and so, yeah, I really got to a point where I was like, man, I really got to make a change. Mm. What was it? Was there something specific, Daniel, that made you say that? Was it a way that your life was functioning? Was it a way that you were looking? Was it a way that you were interacting? What, what were the triggers to make you say, because people need to know that, right? We all right. have our own triggers. And until we hit that point, none of us is ready to change. Right. And, and, um, you know, kind of nice. I've always been one of those people. I've always been comfortable with myself for the most part. And so, you know, not necessarily an image thing. I, you know, I think personality runs so much deeper than, than outside appearance. Um, but you know, it, it's hard when, you know, clothes don't fit the same or, you know, tying shoes and doing, doing different things. And you're like, man, I'm winded from doing that. Like, this is a workout. And then, um, you know, my, my father passing away in, um, uh, March of this year, which, you know, even though I didn't really have a great relationship with him, um, you know, I can't run from genetics. Right. And, and he, he was a big guy, you know? And so, um, you know, I think all of those things kind of played a role in me getting to the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, however, um, it's, it's kind of interesting, you, you know, I knew that I needed to do something probably the beginning of this year, right. Um, of, you know, this is whether, you know, you call it a new year's resolution to something, but I, I wasn't ready for it then. And, and, you know, all these other events happened and, and I'm still not necessarily ready for it. Right. And so I had to slowly prepare my mind to be like, you have to do something and, and let's, let's go down this path and be ready. Uh, and, and so when I finally hit that point, uh, which happened a little bit after July 4th, when I went to go see my grandfather and stuff like that and saw my brother, um, you know, it's, um, it kind of just, you know, I was ready to be fully committed, um, on a new journey. So you worked for six months in your mind, prepping and going through, and then something on that July 4th weekend, being with family or so, something after, or after the holiday, something made you go, now's the time. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, it, it's, it's, accumulation of all those things, but it's just, we've all done different diets and we've all done different things. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of different fads out there. And there's a lot of different things. Um, and it, I needed so much more than that. Um, and it really got me set. Mm -hmm. so. And so you make the choice, you decide that you're going to go down the road because of all the reasons, whether it's, um, 
like you say, everything from tying your shoes and feeling like this doesn't feel normal to uh, how you move about your daily life to energy with your kids because you have these beautiful yeah. kids. Um, all these things, you decide to, to make that change. And I, I, can you just talk about the importance of the why in the decision? So you work on it for six months saying, yeah, I know I need to, but I'm not ready. And, and it changes. Was the, did you have to get to a point where the why was bigger than the how? Or, or what was that about? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, I've always, um, I've always struggled with that concept of, you know, start with why and Simon Sinek and all these things. And I, I know it's very important, you know, it help, help pull you to where you want to go instead of, you know, trying to push it. But, um, you, you know, I, I think, you know, being there for my kids and, and you know, really, um, you know, having that, you know, longer life, more life fulfillment and, and having more energy, um, just to move on really is what drove me to be like, you know, this is it. And, and, and I will conquer this and succeed. Nice. And I, and I've even hit, uh, you know, levels that, um, weren't in the plans, right? I didn't set an end goal weight or an end, you know, stuff like that. It, it was more about just overall being healthy and what can I do to sustain this long-term? Yes. And so. you know what? It's been a remarkable journey. What, five months-ish? About five months since you started? Yeah, I guess. If that's that, that, July, the, August, September, October, into November. Yeah, so yeah, we're something in. Like four, probably four, four and a yeah, half months. Yeah. yeah. And um, during that time, you had to decide what way to go, how you were going to do this. Because like you say, there's a lot of avenues towards um, getting control of your health. And so... In your case, you decided to work with us at FitMD, with Dr. Ramos and I at FitMD, and that was the the choice that you'd made because A, you know us and you know what we believe in and you know that we care for all of our patients to do what's right. Number two, you know Danielle and the program that's been created and how she runs it. What were your expectations going into the program? Because I think people watching or listening, they, they might, mm. if they want, and whether it's lose weight, put on muscle, uh, gain a better mental focus or clarity on their life, all that falls into health, right? Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. When you went into it, did you have certain expectations? You, you mentioned a moment ago that it wasn't about, you know, you went through past numbers that you had because you didn't really have numbers, but what, what were the expectations that you had? Uh, it was, even then, it was still just mainly about just losing weight, right? And I yeah. think what probably helped with just that thought is, you know, Greg, who, who works in our office, who lost a bunch of weight through the program before I started it. Um, it really, you know, set that. And, you know, to me, it was something easy, almost something that I didn't have to think about that at first kind of put me back onto kind of what got me in trouble, right? It's something that's easy. I don't really need to think about it. But um, throughout the process, I mean, really meeting with Danielle every week or early on and then every other week really set the tone um, and even probably evolved my mindset towards the the program, right? It became a meal replacement, but then it came, you know, almost like a, a training camp for the future, right? On how to do meal preps and how to, you know, time out meals and how to, you know, do certain things so that it can be much more long-term. Yeah. Right. And for those who aren't familiar with some of the <clears throat> things that Daniel was talking about, basically what he's saying is, in the FitMD program, the goal is to take away the challenge of food because for most of us, food is an emotional process as well as a physical fuel. I know for me, that's the same way. There's nothing like that makes my heart happier than having a, a good meal with friends. That That is like the ultimate experience for me. And so we have all these relationships to food. And so by taking away that decision 
And like you said, just make it right. easy. Just have this bar, shake, soup, pudding, whatever. Just have this to make sure you get medically-based nutrients and calories that line up in a very specific way to help your body function lean and efficiently. It's gonna work, right? If you just follow the right. plan, the plan's gonna work. And so in that sense, that, that's what we're talking about when, when he says, um, viewers and listeners, that it was simple. And so for you, was that hard to regimen it or was that something like, because of simplicity, it was actually emotionally easy too? Uh, I mean, it was, to me, I thought it was extremely easy. And I mean, with some of the other, you know, the medication and, and just like the, you know, the, the meetings and stuff like that, Early on, I mean, I didn't struggle at all, you know, and I actually um, thought it was fantastic. It really helped, you know, I didn't have to think about what was the next step, but, you know, it was all planned out and ready for me. Um, and then it allowed me to grow into that planning phase and that, you know, for when I can't just grab a bar or a shake and, and go about my day. Mm -hmm. And what about the, the discipline? I know you to be a very mentally disciplined person. Like you, if you put your mind on something, it's going to get done and it's going to get done at the highest levels. Did you, what what connection to discipline did this have with you? Because again, you're changing all your habits, right? From yeah. A to B and you doing it overnight. What what was the, Was there a struggle with it or where's, where's the discipline? Um, there were struggles with certain parts of it, right? Because, you know, at first it started as, you know, kind of that diet to lose weight, even though I, I wanted to make a lifetime change. And then, you know, adding in the exercise and, and doing some of that stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I am one of those people that, you know, you tell me to work out for seven minutes to start, I'll go 20 and then we'll do all, you know, and we'll kind of, you know, do those things. Um, and you know, the diet made it easy to stay on top of. And so like, I didn't have to worry about, you know, the food portion. I didn't really have cravings early on. I mean, the more I worked out and, and stuff later on, it got to a point where like, you know, damn, I'm hungry, but <laughs> yeah, I need more um, fuel, you know, but then I, I'm also a little bit of a masochist in a way. And, you know, <laughs> I, I enjoy the pain, right? Cause without pain, there's, there's, um, there's no progress. And so, um, you know, it was tough at times, but very, very rewarding and, and really changed my, my mindset and, um, and everything, um, how I feel about, you know, food or exercise or, or dieting in general. Um, it's, it's just helped me a ton. What a wonderful Example, and I, what I mean by that is when you talk about the pain being a motivating factor for you, and not the pain itself, but what the pain causes. I'm a firm believer that if you're not engaged in something hard in your life, something hard to understand when you read it, something hard physically to attain it, something hard mentally to stay focused on, if you're not engaged in something hard, you literally can't grow. And okay. so I hear you saying that that's what you were feeling. Did you find that you were, um, well, actually, let me flip that question. How have you grown in these last four plus months as outside of weight? Like obviously you've shrunk to how much weight have you lost right now? Uh, roughly 72 pounds, 71.8 to be exact last weigh in, but you know, <laughs> 72 pounds. So at 72 pounds, people, that is no small feat. If you were to see Daniel stand up right now, he looks amazing, looks fantastic. And that's part of it. But it's funny, or this is the way I've always seen it. Our physical body is a great mirror many times to what we're feeling about ourselves inside, what we're thinking, what we feel about our life on the outside. And there was a guy named T. Harvecker and he said this, how I do something is how I do everything or how I do anything is how I do everything. Did you find that as you started gaining more control or, or getting the results that you want through the discipline, through the process, through the structure, 
Did that have an impact on other parts of your life in your leadership here as CEO in the way that you relate to your family, in, into recreation, anything that you noticed? Uh, I mean, with family and kids and running around, um, yes. I mean, it's definitely helped a lot energy level wise, at, um, you know, at home and, and, and stuff like that with getting around with the kids. Um, <clears throat> at work, yeah, I think, you know, mental clarity and, um, you know, just processing things and, and, you know, understanding that I need to have that time, you know, it's kind of weird. It kind of made me selfish in a way because uh, for once I was finally doing something for myself, right? And and but in that same process, what it did is it made other aspects of my life almost have their own time slot as well. And so it provided the clarity in the moment instead of all being mashed together of like this is all the shit I got to do. You know, it's like I have to take care of myself first, right? And then I can have the time to think about all the other things. And so, you know, by doing all those, by doing the one thing for me, it actually made everything else easier. Yes. So how do you, I mean, I think this is a fascinating topic. You and I have talked about this. If we've talked about it once, we've talked about it a hundred times in our relationship together. Uh, we did a course on it with Darren Hardy, mm -hmm. and that's the the process of scheduling and block scheduling time so that you can get everything done. In fact, Darren Hardy says that you show me your calendar and I'll show you your productivity, right? Now, whether or not we stick to that, <laughs> you and I both I was, know. I was gonna say, you don't wanna see my calendar right now. But, <laughs> but, but we know that we have the process of where we wanna right. go, and if we only hit 50% of it, it's a lot better than having no process, no structure, and, and then becoming lost in, like you say, everything being smashed together because you've been so relentlessly um, just consistent, right? And and not like depriving yourself and hating your life. Literally, you've just been consistent doing the good mm -hmm. stuff. What role has scheduling played for you to um, do this journey of weight loss? It, has it been important for you or not as important? Uh, I, I think it's been extremely important because, you, you know, it's and it's following the program as you as FitMD lays it out, um, you know, of, of, you know, scheduling the meals or, you know, um, um, eating within the first hour of waking up and doing all these various things. And, and that's really set my really set the tone for me, right? Scheduling wise um, of when I need to eat and when I need to do certain things really built it around. And then it really allowed me to focus everything else around those times. Um, so it, it helped me a ton. I love what you said about taking care of yourself first. I um, you know my schedule very well. And one of the things that I've been doing for a long time is we call it uh, interval one. And interval one is, is that's my time. And everyone can have their own interval one doing whatever they want to do. But for interval one, it's typically de defined as from the time you wake up in the morning, your eyes open, till the time you start work, whenever that right. is. Assuming you work in the day, right? This would all flip if you worked at night. But what do you do? And for me, my interval one, it's sacred time. It's guarded time. And so I do a little bit of mental work. I try to work on a little bit of language stuff and, you know, learn Spanish a little bit every day, then go into my workout and then walk the dog and get my morning sunlight, right? Just, I got to do it every day. And that sets me up for success. That sets me up for success to, to do what I need to do and what I can do for all the people that I get to work with throughout the rest of the day in interval two. And then interval three would be after you stop work till you go to bed. But for me, that interval one has become critical. And I think I'm hearing you say that, you know, whether you do your exercise in interval one or interval two or interval three, that became a hub that then helped you find the energy and the placement of all the rest of these pieces for work and family and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, and 100%. And I, and I try to do everything first thing in the morning because young kids and everybody running around. But even if that happens, you know, um, I've still been able to adapt throughout the day of, you know, 
if I didn't be able to get my workout in, then I have to shift something else around so that that's what gets completed. Right. And cause that's really what allows me to strive and, and make it through the day is knowing that that's going to be taken care of and then everything else will kind of fall into place. So that brings up a point that everyone, whether they need any kind of health transition or not, or they're just working on building a great life and they're already on the health side, they got it dialed in the concept of accountability. And in, in the case of what you've been doing, you had accountability on two fronts. One, you're really good at self-accountability. I mean, I will tell you, I've known you for a good number of years now and self-accountability, no one has to tell you anything. If the expectation is there, your expectations are higher of you than anyone else is of you. But you also had accountability from Danielle as your health coach, where you, like you said, you met every week, specific assignments, going through all that. Tell us about the importance of accountability in success, not only a weight loss journey, but in, in a journey of having a successful life, building a successful future. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, I give Danielle a lot of credit for, uh, for one, putting up with most of my shit. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, she's great about, you know, really having the answers or the knowledge to really drive you through some difficult times or even, um, just tips and tricks. And it's, you know, it helped me a ton, even though probably a lot of our conversations were kind of almost just normal sounding or seeming, but, um, the lessons I've learned from it or, um, you know, got from it, I'll really keep for forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, and she's helped me a ton. I, I mean, I am a believer that, you know, the, the self accountability is probably the most important thing. Um, because, you know, even then while I meet with Danielle and, and she's great and she helps, you know, obviously keep the right thoughts in my head. I mean, I, I could still raid my kids trick or treat candy and, and nobody really knows. Right. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you really are your own judge and, and, and people will see the success. Um, but you know, when you're doing it for you, I, I think it's almost more rewarding. Yeah. Right? So good. I, I was, it's so funny. I was talking to Danielle. We're, we're broadcasting this just after Halloween or, or sorry, we're recording it. And I was talking to Danielle yesterday and she has a client and this client says to her, I am out of control. This person has done really well on weight loss. And she goes, I am out of control. And she said, so she calls her just, you know, calls her as her coach. She says, what's wrong? She said, I can't stop eating candy. I've literally had like 17 pieces of candy and I can't stop. And she goes, where are you at right now? She goes, I'm in the car. You're driving? She goes, yeah. She goes, is there a gas station close by? She goes, yeah, she's pulling the gas station. And she said, are you okay? She said, yeah. She said, okay, take the candy, get out of the car and throw it in the trash right now. Like right now. And she goes, what? It's my kid's candy. She goes, you're eating it. It's not your kid's candy. Take the candy out, throw it away. And so, and she did it. And that got her through. That was that alarm, that wake up call that she needed to then get back control. So those, those mentors, if you will, those, those accountability partners become critical in your success. And we all, we all fail. Yeah. on our journey, no matter what the journey is, no one's perfect. And that's part of life. That's how we grow. Have you experienced any of what might be termed failures along the way in this process? And how did you learn from them? Um, that's actually a good question. I, I, you know, with all the stuff that I've done before, like the mental work of, you know, um, uh, my wife and I started a diet before I did this diet and you know, that didn't work. And so like, this was almost that thing that really I focused on and drove towards, um, failure throughout this diet, not really as much besides, you know, being hard on myself of, you know, missing workouts, doing certain things like that. Um, but I honestly, 
I haven't hit too many bumps in the roads. I, I know they're coming though, right? Because I think now the hardest part is almost coming is, is you know, I lost the weight and now it's, you know, trying to maintain it and, and making sure that I continue what I've learned to, um, you know, sustain the rest of my life. You know, one of the um, lessons that I've learned along the way, and I've been fortunate in that weight loss has never been a big issue for me. I've certainly got my own issues with trying to keep my blood tight because I have high cholesterol and I love sugar and junk food. And you know, you and I have had our shared chicken wings together and you've had to slow me down on pop refills. So I, I have my own struggles, but um, losing weight has never been one of them. But I will tell you that one of the things that I found was um, in my younger years, it was all about being fit and healthy and strong and vibrant and playing the picture as a doctor, I didn't want to be seen as, hey, there's that chiropractor that smokes and is totally out of shape and can't do anything. I wanted to be the guy that my patients could look up to and that I could do anything in my life. My mantra was, it doesn't matter how much energy it takes, how much strength it takes, and how long you got to do it, I'm there. I'm capable, right? And so I've tried to keep that. But then something hit me, and, and I'm going to share this with you as, as a piece of wisdom that I learned and that I've shared with a couple other people, including Greg that you talked about, Ian that we've talked about um, in other shows. And it's that now, once you get to a certain level, now people look up to you. They look at you. Wow, look what they've done. Look who they've become. Look what they've accomplished in any area of life, right? And I didn't want to be that guy for me that said, okay, I've, I've gotten my physical characteristics to a certain way. Now I'm I'm a leader for them. I'm a role model, so to speak. And I'm not trying to be, but it just happens. People look at someone who's made a big difference and they say, I want that, or I'm impressed by that, or I like it, or I respect it, or whatever. I'm not gonna be that guy that disappoints myself and them. I put that extra pressure on me. So I have all my personal reasons for trying to stay active, healthy, fit, vibrant. But then I have all these external reasons. And I don't know that they're the internal ones are the key foundational pieces, but the external ones are a nice bit of pressure for me. Yeah, and I can definitely see that. I, I mean, I think I'm probably, well, I don't know if I'd say I'm struggling through that transition of like almost what is my um, new identity, right? I've always been the happy fat guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know I'm good for a drink and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good, right? Like and I can have a great time. And so, um, you know, the transition of, um, you know, being the, the more fitter version of myself, you know, I guess we'll see what that, that turns into. But, um, you, you know, I, I do think you're right. I mean, I definitely noticed that. I just... I don't know. I guess we'll see how that makes me feel. Right now, everybody just asks me what the hell I do. I just tell them to go to FitMD. I mean, <laughs> Dude, that's it. Make it easy. That's so funny, Daniel. Well, I, I will tell you, people are noticing, and I can't tell you how many folks have shared with me, man, Daniel looks amazing. He's so incredible. It must take so much work. And they said the same things about Greg and the same things about Ian. And my advice to them was, now not only don't let yourself down and go back because you know where you've come from, you know that you can do it, but now all these people, you can stay, not that you have to, but that you get to stay a leader for them in this way. And now you can help guide them through the process because so many, I promise you, if it hasn't happened yet, over the next six months, people are going to say, what can I do? Right? They're going to yeah. ask for your help and your assistance and your guidance and your wisdom. And so that in itself for me has always been a, a piece of, I'm not going to let these people down and I'm not going to let myself down. Right. So stay yeah. in my workout, stay into my thing stay into my reading, all that stuff, because I want to be that. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to have a positive impact. And now you've made that journey, that cool transition from leader in a company 
and, and leading the business, now they see you leading in the health-wise. They've seen the change. And I mean, I think, um, I think that's a really big mantle, a cool mantle that, that you get to put on. So, so that means that since you use the word like positive impact, this is like the positive impact, you know, kind of podcast with Jim Hoven. Do I get to be like co-host? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you and I are going to do some shows. We're going to cut up. We're going to bring an unsuspecting guest on here. We're going to be like cheetahs on a gazelle. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Okay. I'm just (laughs) curious. So, um, have you learned any lessons that you can transfer from your weight loss and your health gains journey into the work life? or into your relationships that you can think of. Like through this, I am now better in this way or this way because blank. Um, You know, maybe a little bit through, um, you know, just the, the commitment this t- this is, you know, done and, and really, um, you know, the importance of, you know, scheduling like we've talked about or um, focusing in on, um, you know, yourself first and and, then trying to build from there and, 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 you know, then make time for the other areas in your life. Um, you know, it's been fantastic, you know, it's probably, you know, energy wise and, um, you know, has been fantastic with kids and, you know, my wife and, um, all of that stuff's been great. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've upset anybody at work lately. So, you know, hopefully my personality is a little bit better. No, um, I don't know. <laughs> it, well, if it's better, it only went from ah. great to super great. Nah. What about, um, things that you would caution someone against if they were wanting to do a weight loss journey? Is there any, if, is there any things that you would say, look, be careful before you begin, think about blank. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is because I haven't, uh, I haven't had any alcohol and I don't know, since I started. So it's been 16 or 17 weeks or 18 weeks, but, um, you know, which not saying, you know, by any means I'm jonesing for a drink, but, um, <laughs> you know, it definitely is a commitment if, if somebody likes to have a, a, a drink or a drink or two, or even just one a week. I mean, it is, um, you know, it's a different change, uh, in the social scene of things to mm-hmm. me, you know, I think that was th- you know, one of the hardest things of the diet is, you know, just, um, you know, how do you engage in social settings? Um, you know, and I've been to, to weddings now and I've, you know, I've been on family vacations to Florida and, and all of those things I did while doing the program. Um, and it really just made me better, right? I didn't give in to the, the pressures or the, um, the situations, but I still had a great time. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you had a lot of support going through the program? Because again, these are things that I think I love the the physical body because we can use it as a mirror for so many things, right? right. So if if you wanted to have a better relationship with someone close in your life, if you wanted to have a more successful career, if you wanted to save more money, you can use the body a- as a template for that. Meaning. You get a plan, you follow the plan, you evaluate the results, and you adjust the plan and execute again as necessary, right? Same thing that we would do for anything. As you were going through, is there is there parts of the plan that you're like, hmm, I need to adjust here? And I don't know that would be considered a failure, but anything that you just knew that you had to adjust? No, I mean... And I told Danielle this. I just listened to Danielle, okay? And and my life turned out just fine, <laughs> right? Uh, don't let, if she listens to this, now I'm going to have to I've try heard, to live I've up heard, to that I've expectation. I've already told her, so don't worry. Oh, um, you know, I think understanding and how you have to adjust throughout the process 
um, is important. You know, I've always been an early riser, but you know, as workouts and stuff got longer, um, and with, you know, my kid's situation at home, obviously I got nine months to seven years old. So it's, um, sometimes, you know, it's harder in the mornings, but you know, you know, instead of waking up, you know, I probably woke up between, you know, five 30, I woke up at five. Now I'm waking up at four 45. And, and so, um, you know, just adjusting to make sure that you have the time, you know, to, you know, for you, um, first, and then, you know, move on from there. Just, you know, that's, that's the biggest adjustment that I've really had to make. I love that you just pointed that out and the way that you pointed out, because so many people will think, oh man, I've got to work out for two hours to do this kind of thing. And, and then they, they try to get up at, instead of at seven, they try to get up at five and that two hour swing is just too much. So they do it for the first day or two or week. And then they just get so wasted that they can't do it anymore. And so incrementally early, uh, changing that early rise time, it makes a big difference going from, if you go from seven to 6.45 to 6.30 to 5.45 and doing that a week at a time is what I've found is a good way and knowing that that's enough, right? Oh, yeah. Not having it's, to go for the whole thing at once. No, and it's, it's totally enough. I mean, I'm only working 45 minutes to an hour a day really and probably more so on the 45 minute train for the most part. And so, um, you know, you don't need a whole lot of the, you know, extra time and it starts slow, you know, whether it's 20 minutes and then 25 minutes or, you know, 10 minutes and mm -hmm. you know, to 15, it's, um, you know, it, it, the, the program itself is built to build you slowly. Um, and you know, you can just adjust slightly to it and, and you'll do just fine. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about exercise that I love exercise is a cumulative event over time, meaning if you really want to get good results, let's just say in the, for cardiovascular work, they say the number is about 150 minutes a week. It doesn't say an hour a day, right. it's 150 weeks. So if you, even if you woke up 15 minutes earlier or 10 minutes earlier and you did 10 minutes of good work and then at work you took a walk and then you did some calisthenics, just like some body weight squats where you're not working up a sweat or anything. And that's another five minutes. Now you're at 15 minutes and then you go for a walk in the evening for 30 minutes all of a sudden you're at 45 minutes, right? So the body doesn't care. It's not keeping track for what, for the purposes that we're talking about of overall health in a certain time. Right. We're not trying to bench 320 or anything like that. And so I think that's a, a really hidden secret that some people, it's common sense, but some people don't realize that they think they have to get their whole workout done in one, one and a half and two hour blocks instead of saying, no, let's just go for daily movement a little bit goes a long, long ways. And you just said that beautifully. No, and, and I would agree with you 100%. I mean, that's a hell of a lot more stuff on my calendar. So I try to get it all done in one sitting, but yep. you know, it is nice when you can add all that other stuff in there as well throughout the day of, you know, like Ian and I walked to lunch yesterday and then walked back, right? It's, it's just making those decisions to, you know, take that little bit of extra time that makes a big difference yes. going forward. And opportunities, like what yeah. you just said of, I could walk, you know, however far, not super far, not but far. walk to the restaurant and then walk back, or I could drive there and the weather's beautiful. You get a chance to get sun in your eyes, which, you know, we won't even go into that right now, but sun on your, on your eyes is a huge, huge um, proponent of health. People should get sun every single day on their eyes. And so you get a chance to do that and you get a chance to walk and you get a chance to move and the social interaction that you have, even with Ian, the social interaction that you have is a good thing. All of that breeds healthy um, a healthy lifestyle. And, and it literally has been shown in research study after research study that eating well and having good motion habits, you know, moving well, having good emotional and social relationships, they all drive to good health. Oh, by the way, and especially sleep. 
Those are all habits that, that determine 100% how healthy that we're going to be. So um, on that note, did you find any sleeping? Did you have to change your sleep because you're waking up earlier? Any, any sleep thoughts as you have gone through the journey? No, I mean, I've always, um, for the most part, slept pretty well. I mean, with young kids at different times and teething and all those things, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit different. And so it's actually improving quite a bit um, um, now at the moment. But I've always been a pretty good sleeper of, you know, I, I like to wake up early. I, I usually go to bed earlier than most people too. So um, that really hasn't been a struggle. And if anything, I notice I sleep a hell of a lot better now. So that's beautiful. So. Do you have lessons that you would like to share with other people? Um, concepts about a, any transformational journey, whether it be in weight loss or anything, any, any principles that they should consider if they're thinking of, man, I want to make a big change. 70 pounds. That's a huge change. If you want to change a relationship, that could be a huge change. Change a career. Any any advice that you would have as you reflect upon starting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the biggest thing is is kind of like how I started is is you know almost mapping it in your mind or or getting your mind right um, before you go down these these journeys. Just because um, y- you know every you, everybody wants something so quick right now, right? And if if you put the thought into it and really prepare and, and go for it you know, you'll have better success, right? Don't, not saying that some things can't be quick and easy and you can move on, but, um, you know, really putting in the time um, to think about what it is and then doing the work and, and understanding that, you know, you, nothing's going to hold you back. Yeah. You know, so good. Once you started, you've mentioned Danielle several times on the show today and how she was essentially a, a mentor, a sounding board. She was a lot of things for the success of the program. Let's take that and, and move it across the, the spectrum here. How important do you think it is for any person looking to achieve great things to have people that they can have in that role, someone to go to, whether it be a mentor, um, you know, someone who can give wisdom, advice, or just keep you inside the rails? No, I mean, it was critical for me. I mean, I, I think without it, I would have just, um, you know, the diet, it would have been a diet of more just transactional type stuff, right? You know, she, the program and, and her really, push you to, to think about things differently so that you can make the changes, right? Because without that, um, you know, I think it probably would have ended up just like another diet of, you know, here's your bars and shakes, here's this, you know, I don't know how much I would have, you know, built in working out or, um, you know, understanding what kind of meals I need to prep or what kind of foods I need to eat going forward. And so, um, I mean, I think, you know, really speaking to her probably, is everything within the program is really what makes it successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've heard that so many times, Daniel, like it's that accountability piece, but it's also the support piece. Cause I know that in a lot of situations, someone going through, and again, we're, we're talking predominantly about your weight loss journey here, but it really applies across any transformational journey in anyone's life in any part of their life. Some people go it alone. And, yeah. and so they, they get the plan, they know how to execute the plan, but even people sometimes in their corner don't believe in their dream, right? And sometimes it's a lack of understanding. In the case of weight loss, sometimes the family members are like, well, man, we have this and that, and I got to do this and that. So no, I can't eat as healthy as you. So I'm going to have McDonald's and I'm going to have, you know, fried this and ice cream that and pizza here and there. And so you're kind of on an island. And if you're trying to own a company, sometimes your family and friends don't even believe in what you're trying. They think you're crazy. That that support system. So you got accountability on one side and then you've got support on the other. And, and so I'm interested for you to, to speak to the support system 
um, on a on a journey like this and and what that's like either from the side of man you know yeah you got to have that or it's tough if you don't have it you know what I mean yeah I would say it's 100 percent tough if you don't have it you know I think this time it's kind of weird and, and Danielle kind of gives me crap and I think you probably give me crap too for calling this fat camp but um, <laughs> you know to be honest with you, it really helped me and and um, by telling everybody that I'm, I'm I'm in fat camp even though it's not really what it is but um, you know it. Uh, you know, it let people know out there. And then the people that were close to me, I think, you know, helped me through the accountability, whether it's you, whether it's Danielle, whether it's my wife, you know, even, even my kids, um, you know, they're not trying to, you know, force feed me French fries anymore or something. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think it's really, it's kind of weird. You know, I say it in a joking manner and I've always kind of had, you know, the, the sense of humor thing to things. And I try to add that in there, but, um, you know, by saying that and stating it out loud, even, even to everybody, right. You know, people might think it's funny that I'm in fat camp, but you know, I'm still telling you that I'm in, you know, I'm not going to do certain things or I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to eat right. Or I'm not going to eat that. Cause I'm in fat camp. I, I order food that way in a restaurant. I'll be like, you know, here's the protein, here's the vegetables. I don't want this. Cause I'm in fat camp. It's just is what it is. You know, it's fascinating how, the power of words impacts us because for some people like for you fat camp is a motivational tool that's what you just right. said right like hey i choose to do this because this is where i'm at i'm at fat camp other people which i get i did give you grief for it, if people take that as oh i'm a loser because i'm in fat camp now it has a whole different meaning to them and it can have a different response to them is that they're a failure before they start for you your your understanding and how the semantics of what a word meant to you is motivational and I think everyone needs to know what words mean to them. How do those words feel and what does it what does it lead to? No, and, and I think you're 100% right. I mean, I, I think that goes into, you know, you know, having the positive attitude, looking for the positive outcomes and not really becoming the victim, right? Cuz there's always an excuse on why things don't work. Um, but I tell you what, you can overcome any single every one of them, right? I mean, there, there's nothing that can stop anybody and and I'm 100% a firm believer that no matter what it is, um, you know, which is, you know, we could probably get into a discussion on whether or not college education is important and, and go on all down those things for the same reason of if you're willing to put in the work and the time, you'll do just fine in life. Mm. If you're expecting the easy road and you're mad because somebody else got what you want, it's because you didn't do it, right? And you didn't work for it or, you know, you want to play the victim and, and that just doesn't work in life. That does not work in life. But I'll tell you what does work in life is Daniel Filbert as the CEO and my best buddy and us hanging out. And by the way, that FitMD program, you crushed it. So that has worked. As we wind this down, I want to just one final question for you. And I've asked you before, you've been on the episode or on the podcast before when you first became CEO within 90 days, we had you on to just see, I think our, the title of it was um, thoughts of a young CEO and wanted to just get that transition time. Now that you've been seasoned in here for, you know, we're going on our third year now and you've had this, the things that you, you've seen, the things you've seen, we've done the things we've done, the business has grown, everything's flourishing. Now you have control of where you're at in your health things are lots of positive momentum. Is there any piece of wisdom or advice that you would share that would help someone watching or listening to get through a difficult time or that they might latch on to that's helped you seeing some of the results that you've seen in your life? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is really just finding that, that time to improve yourself 
and then spring that springboard from that into everything else, right? Because if you can take so whether it's your mind, your fitness, you know, your health, all that stuff, you know, everything else really will fall into place and you'll have more time and more clarity because, um, you know, from where I was when you first interviewed me even to now, you know, is, is a big difference. And, um, but even then I would say that, you know, where we're going is still in the beginning. Right. And there's so much more that the company and myself and, um, the people around me will achieve that, that, um, you know, I'm confident that, you know, we've still got a big journey ahead, my friend. Sky's the limit, man. Well, this has been a joy, Daniel. Thanks for taking time out of what I know is an insane schedule to share your story. And, you know, you've been so incredible as an example, as work ethic. And now we're seeing that transformation on the physical side too. And I'm so happy for you. I know that you feel great and that makes me feel great. You're leading us in such a great direction. And I can't thank you enough for carving out the time. And, and obviously, we got a lot of great work to do together. Love Jimmy J. <laughs> so in the meantime, just like Daniel's doing, here's what I want for you. Today and every day, go make a difference. And call FitMD. And call FitMD. <laughs>